For the first time in more than five and a half years, we finally tonight have a few new answers to a question that has loomed over Indiana and over the town of Delphi. Who killed Abby Williams and Libby Jordan? The end of the bridge to, you gotta go through. Now, I believe that the bodies were found about 50. A suspect in the criminal investigation out of Fort Hood is dead. Officials say he killed himself overnight. They needed that little music in the background. It goes, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Right. Knew about it or was there. It's, he's as guilty as the person who committed Chilling details in the arrest of a suspected serial killer caught before he could strike again. Him, they, they, they dropped the ball, man. Like, they said he went AWOL. Mm. And that uh, he was a deserter. And nobody went to look for him. He sees him taking off with the wife. They end up finding the wife uh, murdered with the uh, the baby out of her, and they found the baby in another place. Hey, greetings from the year three thousand. It still sucks. This is Phil J. Pry. And you're listening to The Drunken Turkey Show. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Hit that button, like and subscribe. You know what to do, just like every other podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The Drunk Turkey Murder Mystery Show, where we get into some true crime, talk about current current crimes that are going on and unsolved mysteries. Uh, I'm joined, your host, I'm Daniel J. I'm joined here today with my two good buddies, uh, Jaime G and Big Blue. Jaime, how you doing today? Uh, I'm doing better, man. I'm doing better today than I was in the weekend, man. I was hella sick. It looked like you were having a little bit of attack there. I you? was. I was. I was having a, a cough attack there for a little bit. Luckily, I had uh, mute, uh, the but, mute button on because y'all would heard all the all that glory. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And guys, we're coming from uh, San Antonio, Texas, and Del Rio, Texas. Let us know in the live chat where you guys are coming from. Big Blue, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. Doing good, you know. Uh, a little exhausted today, but hey, it's just life. Yeah, yeah. You, I hear you, man. I, I've been up and down. I had my appendectomy. It was um, a little bit less than a less than a week ago, and and earlier I felt pretty good. Me and the wife went out for a walk. Was climbing up, uh, walking the. Up uphill a little bit, and I was like, made about halfway. I was like, yeah, time to turn around. My 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 stomach's starting to feel a little sore, and so uh, that's what we did. Um, <clears throat> and so, since the last time we talked, guys, it's been a little bit of breaking news. Uh, not so much in the Delphi case. We're going to get to that here in a little bit. And and you know what? Let me break down what it is that we're going to be doing today. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Idaho murders, since there's been some breaking news here recently. And then we're going to jump into the Delphi case and then we're going to open it up to you guys um, to come on in and, and talk to us. We'll send out the stream yard into the live chat and we'll go forward from there um, right now. Before we get into the breaking news, we'll, we'll say hello to the few of the early on goers. It's state of the Steelers. Couldn't wait for this one. I know what you mean. George Teston, how's it going? Mano coming in from Chicago. We got Tina from Tampa. 
from Locust Valley, PA, George Teston. Hmm, that's interesting from New Jersey. And Jeannie Smith, I was actually talking to her earlier on uh, on another channel, uh, Delphi Ooh. After Dark, I believe, um, coming in from Indiana. Nice. Steelers fan is here in from San Antonio. And we have Karen Lee from Wisconsin. Oh, one more real quick. Savannah is coming in from Australia. Awesome. I wonder if you know Mark Davison. He's a good friend of ours. Did y'all dog see him? Well, so let's get on to the breaking news. In fact, I'll, I'll share the the stream with it. Uh, this is from the city of Moscow and in, in, um, in Idaho. This is their police department website that says detectives are interested in speaking with the occupants, in parentheses, occupants of a white 2011 to 2013 Hyundai Elantra with an unknown license plate. Tips and leads have led investigators to look for additional information about the vehicle being in the immediate area of King Street residence during the early morning hours of November 13th. Investigators believe the occupants or occupant of this vehicle may have critical information to share regarding the case. If you know or if you know of or own a vehicle matching the description or know anyone who may have been driving this vehicle on the day preceding the day of the murders, please forward that information to the tip line. And so they have a picture here of what that vehicle looks like. I'm sure the uh, internet sleuths across the world will be pulling, um, you know, pictures going through uh, social media accounts from probably students there that attend that university to see who drives a vehicle matching this description. What do y'all think about this breaking news? Do you think that this is the uh, suspect vehicle? We'll start off with you, Jaime. Um, maybe not the suspect himself, but you know, I mean, it could, it could be a person of interest, you know. Right. But like, yeah. I, I, I want to be able to collect that. You do, <laughs> you do. <laughs> How does a vehicle like that go work in the snow? It sucks, man. It's two wheel drive. Yeah, Front wheel yeah, drive. Yeah. drive, so it should be okay. Man. Yeah. Well, it's okay if like you're like five five, but like. <laughs> To drive that thing, is, it's it's a hassle, especially if you're like six one, six two. It's tight. Yeah, and it's 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 a vehicle that I would probably expect a lot of students to be driving. Yeah, it's it's super affordable. That's what. That's exactly. why I have it. <laughs> exactly, and so you know, putting just two and two together, I, I I would think that it's possibly or probably a student somewhere near, and that's kind of what we're thinking about in this case. Um, that it could be a, a student here. And um, one la other thing I wanted to kind of bring up because this came out yesterday. Um, this was drone footage from the incident, apparently uh, day one of the investigation. Uh, I wanted to share this with everybody. Let me see. You know what, I'm going to put us at the bottom. There we go. And so let's play this. There's no sound to it. Um, I believe this is the uh, the day of the uh, of the murders, or when the uh, the call came in. Yeah, it doesn't even doesn't even, doesn't even look like it's snow, right? Right, it didn't look like it's it's it it's had been but yeah, but and so Man, there's a lot of traffic, right? Like right. So these are all 
some people are saying that this was uh, undercover vehicles and things of that nature. Based on the cameras that are coming out, I think this is media. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, definitely media. You said this was um, the day of, right? Uh, I believe so. This says day one of the investigation. I would assume that's the day that they called. However, based on the... um, the sun is barely, it's either setting or coming up. I'm not sure which direction this house is facing. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me, let me find out real quick. And then I'll tell you more or less what time of day this is. The day after. Like they got called in. Let's find out. Um, pull this up real quick. Oh, wrong button. All right. Give me a sec. <clears throat> so the sun is behind the, the residence. And so. If the I wonder if uh, that that vehicle, the white Elantro, came out on that drone village, drone footage. Yeah, it well, looks like like the uh, based on the position of where the sun is at, uh, that's going to be southwest. It's probably setting, so this could be. Um, so watch look. Uh, this is the this is the victim's house. This is facing north, south, and the sun is over here. And so, you see where the so it's setting. This is this could be the same day. This could be the day of the murders okay. that afternoon. Yeah. Um, this vehicle that comes up here, it shows um, some ladies that are going to be working in it in a minute. And I believe this is the forensic team. Now, what that tells me is that a lot of this scene shouldn't be disturbed at this point. Um, because you have to wait for the forensic team to go in there, take pictures, document everything and anything exactly where it was. Right. Yep. yep. And so these guys are getting out their cameras. They're getting out everything that they uh, their equipment. Let's see if I can. So this is uh, potentially your forensic, your CSI team, so to speak. Hmm. And so. Yeah, they gotta they gotta do that first before anything, because then you have the risk of contaminate contaminating the scene. Right, and what these guys also do is pre- preserve the scene um, forensically and digitally. They're going to be taking pictures of the scene, and you don't want to move anything, if anything at all. Um, I would, I would expect and suspect that the bodies are also still in this house. Yeah, and so let's kind of they kind of just zoom in on what they're doing. They're getting their cameras ready. And so this is what's telling me that they're the forensic team is because of these cameras that they have. And so they're showing up and they're getting ready. I'm putting on my favorite gloves. I fucking hate those blue gloves. <laughs> Man, like they're so cheap when you're putting them on. Like if you pull too tight, they break and you end up smacking yourself. <laughs> I don't know. So let's fast forward just a little bit. All right. So this is the side of the house. There's been a lot of speculation um, that these stools that are in the uh, doorway here were from um, the police 
I'm, I'm here to tell you that's complete crap. There is no way that's that's possible. And there's no way that they're doing that before the forensic team goes into the house and takes their pictures. There's no way that happens. Yeah. And so this tells me that that was there uh, when this house was discovered, um, which brings me to another thing. There's been a lot of rumors and speculation that um, the uh, the girls ran outside. They had or they had seen somebody deceased in the hallway, ran outside, passed out. Somebody called 911 and that's where the unconscious person came in um, to debunk that. It would be pretty easy. Um, at what point did she call the friends? And the friends show up if that was the case right yeah and so she called the friends and um uh, the friends went over to the house um perhaps at that point maybe they got into or maybe somebody entered the i mean somebody passed out possibly but you know you 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 don't see a dead body call your friends have your friends show up you run outside and then you pass out and then somebody calls 911 it doesn't make any sense. And so um, my speculation is, and it's been, um, I believe one of the newscasts that said it, that Madison's door was locked. I think if he locked the top door, he probably locked the second floor door where um, Ethan and Xana were at. And so if that ends up being the case, uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming that they couldn't get into the door and they called their friends to help them get into the door. But there right here, as you can see, are the stools that are blocking this door from being open. Now, you can see this evidence tape here along the side that could be, you know, maybe a handprint or something as if they assume somebody was looking in something to that nature. But these stools down here are there prior to the forensic team getting down and taking and taking the pictures. And so <clears throat> with that being said, I don't think they moved. I don't think law enforcement put this there. Second of all, if look at what you can look through the windows here, you can see the stools in the background. If this was the exit point or the entry point, you know, this suspect's going to be running out of the room, right? Um, or fleeing from this residence, um, potentially in a panic. They just killed four people. Uh, you would assume or think that potentially if this person's damaged, they could be bleeding if they, if they injured themselves in the, uh, during the process of the attack um, or if they're, you know, in a rush, hair could fall off of them. Any of those things could happen if they landed on this stool or blood or any of those things landed on that stool. And then yeah. the police officers use that stool to to secure the back door or the, you know, to keep it from opening. That would um, completely, completely uh, uh, contaminate the entire scene. And, and lovely Sphinx, we, we are going to be uh, putting in the uh, the join us at the end of the show. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Idaho four murders real quick. Then we'll go into the Delphi case and then we'll be bringing on uh, folks that want to join us on the live stream. So stay tuned. And so what do you guys think about this? Seeing this here. That tells me this. I mean, that tells me this. This, this isn't an exit point. What do you I think maybe perhaps an entry point, you know, and I would assume if if he assumed that if the killer thought he got everybody in the house, he may have just walked out the front door. You know, what, what do you all think about these stools on the back back slider? Well, it looks maybe 
I mean, it looks like it's wedged in there, right? So the yeah. to secure the back door, the siding door. Yeah, yeah, that's so that nobody can open it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think the the front door would have been the easier exit. Well, yeah, but like you don't think the police did that, right? I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either, man. But you know, there is something else back here. You can see this a screen on the ground. Mm-hmm. There's a screen on the ground. Bent too. It is bent. Now the other thing is too. <clears throat> um, there's it's probably for window out here. It, it looks like that's a bar. It's kind of hard to see the interior of the kitchen. You know what, man? I'm gonna find it later. I think we can look up what this kitchen looks like from those uh, Zillow pictures. Um, this one, it's possible that somebody could have came in through the back, the back window. Hmm. Oh, it's it's two of them. I thought it was just one. Yeah, no, nah, it's two of them put back, you know, side to side so that they're long enough to. They're like intertwined, right? Yeah. Hmm. That's a lot of noise to put those together. That would be a lot of noise, um, unless the girls put that or the, the occupants put it yeah. that there, and this was not an exit or an entrance point at all. Yeah, because well, I don't know. But it will make a lot of noise to put those together. I agree. I agree. Yeah, but if you thought everybody was dead in the house, then, all right, you know, it's... not everyone. Yeah. Almost. What is that? Right. That wet substance. That, on that looks like a. That looks like a footprint, isn't it? It does kind of look like a footprint, like the outer edge of a the heel, um, or the or the yeah maybe the heel or the or the, the 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 outer edge of the front top part. That looks kind of out of place. That looks that looks weird. Yeah, it could be also maybe and this looks too slow. Maybe. There's no window for him to climb up from there, so there's no way reason he needed to step there. Unless he was just kind of like walking around the building, scoping right, out. right. Like he was here at this window, try to make entry. Came across here, try to look through the window. Came around here, and then just jumped down instead of coming all the way around. Hmm. I still see how this is so clean. Now, a lot of folks, you know, I put out a, a, tick, a TikTok and and I put out a clip of, you know, a potential entry point being um, this ledge right here. It's possible that while all the occupants of the house were gone uh, and somebody came in and made entry while they were gone and kind of hid out in that second bedroom, yeah. not knowing whose bedroom it was, uh, especially if, if maybe perhaps um somebody got home shortly after he made entry into the house he may have been hiding in there for a while what's it called i heard that the dog was in a separate bedroom by itself well the girls were in um madison's room and i believe uh -huh. the dog belonged to kaylee yeah, yeah. and i think the dog was in kaylee's room 
Oh, okay. I thought there was another room that was not part of theirs that the dog was in. Yeah. Oh, so there's okay. footprints up here, but that could be from the police department. Yeah. You know it, what I mean? It could be anybody's. Exactly. But uh, if you see the view from the, the street side where that van is, mm-hmm. if somebody's daring enough, man, they can jump from that, 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 that top because it's kind of like there's a the ledge. Yeah, there's a ledge. There's a retaining wall. Halfway mm. up it, man. They're, they're, they're daring enough. It's only like maybe a six foot jump. Yeah, the only thing about that, though, is why go into the second floor and and uh, and right now they're going to just kind of pan off uh, and take off. But and see, look, let's just take a little look right here. This is where and in that other angle that we had seen on that other picture, you can see where right here it looks clear. And a lot of people were hitting me up in the comment section saying that there was pictures on IG where these girls were going up there and taking pictures on that ledge and using the ladder to get up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they use the ladder to get up there, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's possible. And so, you know, those were the kind of the, the, the things that I saw that I wanted to point out. We had the breaking news um, about the white Elantra. Wait a minute. That's not an Elantra, is it? No. No. And so I was like, are they looking for the vehicle that was parked up front? See if <laughs> like, that's crazy. But um, yeah, that that's one thing we wanted to go through real quick before we get back into the uh, Delphi murders and stuff like that. Uh, I think, and, and thank you, Steelers fan. Please, everybody, if you're watching, we're getting close to, uh, seven, we, we just hit over 700 uh, subscribers. We're trying to hit to 1,000. So if you guys could hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, that would definitely help us out. Get get the channel going and get the content reaching more people. Um, thank you so much. Um you know, the other thing that they were talking about is that the police are looking into and asking folks about the, you know, the information on Ethan and Zana between the hours of, of uh, 9 p.m. and and 1.45 a.m. Um, it was um, the police, for whatever reason, believe that they arrived at 1.45 a.m. Uh, they were at the uh, at the paternity house or the sorority house. I'm not sure which, you know, who's whose house it was that they were at. Um, but they were out there and at the, I'll tell you what it's called, the Sigma Chai house. And so they were out here, but I think they only have um, solid evidence of them until like nine o'clock or nine forty or something like that. Mm-hmm. My thing is like, you know, these are kids, man. Where's their phones? Wouldn't their phone kind of fill in a lot of that space in between? You know, the kids are constantly on that phone. That'll leave a digital footprint and fingerprint of where they're going, what they were doing, the whole nine yards. Um, I found that to be interesting, an interesting thing, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? You think they uh, they got a suspect in mind? They got a they got a white vehicle. Um, I, I think the the police is just trying to you know get whatever leads they can you know trying to you know turn over every rock for sure um also did, did go ahead blue 
I'm pretty sure they, they must have picked up the car around the time of of the killings and then they on some kind of camera and they're trying to figure out if they saw some. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Yeah. What's called um on the on the on that uh, car that they're looking for, um where did they say or where 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 around where it was parked or they, they, said said the they saw it. Uh it was seen it was the vehicle. Okay, so Tips and leads have led investigators to look for additional information about a vehicle being in the immediate area of King Street residence during the early morning of the hours of the 13th. So this vehicle is probably, you know, they were looking for some um, cameras from ring footage and stuff like that. And they had a um, a squared off uh, subsection of the uh, of the city blocked off that they were looking for these ring images. And. This tells me that they somebody's caught something relatively fairly close. I mean, it says in the area immediate area of King Street, yeah. and around the, the time of the right in the early morning hours of November thirteenth. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. Very interesting. And so, <clears throat> you know, I I just wanted to uh, kind of go over that and and you know bring out the. Um, uh, you know, what we're looking at as far as that out-of-home murder case and, yeah. and especially with the breaking news of them searching for this vehicle. I think the cops have come out a couple of times and they, they reiterated not too long ago that they stated that they believe this was a targeted event. They still do. Um, you know, I feel that they've kind of had maybe perhaps an idea or a suspect in mind um, and just haven't named that person yet because of evidence. Um but we'll see. They they cleared a guy, uh, the the hoodie guy, from the food truck stop. Uh, it's suspected that the guy's name is Jack S. or Showalter. Um, yeah. They have um, cleared him. A lot of folks are looking at him, thinking that maybe perhaps they cleared him a little bit too quick, including Kaylee's uh, parents, uh, Steve and Christy. Cool. Uh, you know, there was a there was um, enhanced audio of the uh, food truck incident where, or not the incident, but where they were at the food truck and the uh, hoodie guy is talking to the larger fella and, and Madison turns around and kind of points in his direction. It's unsure. It seems like she's pointing at him and she's telling him F you, mister. And um, people are kind of looking at that like, Hey man, that might be something, but it it is pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. Um, And so let's get into Delphi. Um, do you guys have anything new or, or, or anything before we get into, like, are you frozen? Oh, there no. you go. <laughs> let's get into the Delphi case. Um, and guys, let us know um, y'all's thoughts and theories. If you guys see anything interesting in the live chat, please bring it up to my attention. Uh, let's see real quick <clears throat> before we jump. William Ray says, Jack's phone must have pinged off plenty of cell towers during a five-hour drive. Yeah, but here's the thing. Without his permission, they wouldn't know that. And so what I'm assuming, and this is just my assumption, is he may have told police he uh, went to his parents' house on a five-hour drive and his parents just accounted for him arriving five hours later. You know, who knows? This is a rural area. 
there's not very many license plate readers that are out on the highway out there, things of that nature. If this was a, melotro- uh, a metropolis area or metropolitan area, um, you'd see license plate readers, cameras. Um, you'd have like surveillance from from uh, traffic stop cameras, things of that nature to to verify that this is a small rural area. And if he's going out of town, it's very unlikely that there's anything out there. And perhaps you're right. There, there should be a lot of pinged off uh, towers, but without his permission or a warrant, the police would have no idea at this point. And they would have to have probable cause to get a warrant. And I think that those types of things um, probably perhaps would have been out there by now. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I saw on another channel that the first floor door was open in the morning. A neighbor reported it at open as of 730 a.m. Yeah, see, if, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you see what you, when you see the stools on the back glass door, uh, that tells me that and especially before the forensic scientists get there or the investigators, I'm sorry. Before they get there, before they're able to take their pictures of the the scene preserved, uh, that leads me to believe that that's not the exit point. Um, I, I, I don't see it unless unless um, one of the other two roommates went upstairs and then they themselves did it before they found out that somebody had uh, been assaulted. You know what I'm saying? If one of the um, the surviving roommates may have secured that that sliding door prior to um, the discovery of the dead bodies. That's a possibility. Let's see. Um, Law enforcement did say the door was open when they arrived. Hmm. Yeah, but at that point, by the time law enforcement arrived, there was the two victims, the two survivors that were... uh, uninjured that were on the first floor and several friends of theirs that were there at that point. Let's see. This one's true. Need fuel for 300 mile drive cameras at gas station. Um, I would definitely be, and that could be what cleared him. If he said that, Hey, I was uh, on a five hour drive. I stopped at this gas station and they called and they uh, looked at the cameras there and, and they, they, they found somebody, you know, they were able to, identify him at that gas station certain hours away, then yeah, that definitely would have cleared him. And at that point, it doesn't matter how suspicious he looked at the food truck. It wasn't him. You know what I mean? All righty. All right. Um, Or the other two did it and tried to make it look like a killer exit. Cool. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think the girls are involved, the, the two that yeah. were there. What would be the motive? Right? Yeah. <sighs> so. Jealousy. Jealousy. Yeah, that, that could be it. Yeah. Good. All righty. So let's get into the Delphi case. If you're watching the replay on this, guys, you're the replay group. Uh, give us your thoughts and theories in the live chat. Also hit that like and subscribe button while you're watching this. So. Here, we're going to go back to the uh, Richard Allen um, probable cause affidavit. We're going to discuss. There's been a lot of theories out there that there was two people on this bridge or in in the area that there was a second person out there. Um, I don't 
I don't know. Let's go through it and we'll, we'll talk about it. So uh, should I read everything or just kind of start off there? I think everybody's read this for the most part. So skim through it. Right. So this is um, the first part just kind of talks about the homicides, where they were located mm-hmm. and the video that was taken and and the instructions to go down the hill. And then the um, the word gun also being used. Uh, they also talk about the clothes being found in the Deer Creek, belonging to both victim one and two, um, south of where the bodies were. And they found um, a 40 caliber unspent round less than two feet away from victim two's body, between victim one and victim two's body. Mm-hmm. Um, the round was unspent and had um, extraction marks on it. So <clears throat> this is where we want to get into to see if there's any if there's a possibility of two people out here that says, Interviews were conducted with three juveniles. Blank. In my opinion, I think it's blank, blank, and blank. Right? They have these redacted, right? So they advised they were on the uh, Monon High Bridge Trail on February 13, 2017. They advised they were walking on the trail toward Freedom Bridge to go home when they encountered a male walking from the Freedom Bridge toward the Monon High Bridge. So this is juvenile one described the male as kind of creepy and advised he was wearing light blue jeans and like a really light blue jacket and he and his hair uh, was gray maybe a little brown and he did not really show his face she advised the jacket was a duck canvas type jacket Uh, juvenile i'm guessing this is still uh Uh, I think this is still juvenile one advised. She said hi to the male, but he just glared at him. She recalled him. No, wait, this is juvenile number two. Okay. All right. So this is the second juvenile juvenile number two advised. She said hi to the male subject, uh, but he just glared at them. She recalled him being in all black and had something covering his mouth. She described him as not very tall with a bigger build. She said he was not bigger than 5'10". All right. Juvenile 2 advised he was wearing a black hoodie, black jeans, and black boots. She stated his hands were in his pocket. So these are two different folks. One of them is saying blue jeans, blue jacket. One is saying in all black with a black hoodie, black jeans, and black boots. Okay. This is juvenile number three. Showed investigators photographs she took on her phone. While she was at the trail that day, the photographs included a photo of Mo- of the Monon High Bridge taken at 12.43 p.m. and the other one taken at 1.26 p.m. of the bench east of the Freedom Bridge. Blank, um, Juvenile 3, I'm sorry, advised she took the photo of the bench. They started walking back toward the Freedom Bridge. She advised that is when they encountered the man, not the men, the man who matched the description of the photograph taken by from victim two's video. Juvenile three described the man she encountered on the trail as wearing a blue or black windbreaker jacket. She advised the jacket had a collar and he had his hood up and the clothing under and clothing underneath his jacket. She advised he was wearing baggy jeans and was taller than her. She advised her head came up to approximately his shoulders. She advised 
Uh, juvenile number two, the one that said that she said hi to him and he didn't say anything. Yeah. She advised juvenile two said hi to the man and that he said nothing back. So this is the same man that they encounter, right? She stated he was walking with a purpose, like he knew where he was going. Yeah. She stated his hands were in his pocket and he kept his head down. She advised she did not get a good look at his face, but believed him to be a white male. The girls advised the encounter. After they encountering the male, they continued their walk across the bridge, Freedom Bridge to the old railroad bridge on Old State Road 25. So in my opinion, <clears throat> this is the three girls um, that Richard Allen also states later that he sees with one of them being taller, mm -hmm. right? Um, these three girls said they saw one guy. Yeah, they yes. said they encountered the man, and you have the two that describe wearing different clothing, describing the same incident as one of them saying hi, and the other one acknowledging that her friend said hi, and that the perpetrator said nothing back. So, do you guys see if there's anywhere in this that 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 says that there's two people on this trail right here? No. Okay. Yeah. So the problem is, as a lot of folks are taking um, these descriptions and, and the witness testimony and, and like a camera, they're taking it as these people cannot be wrong in any, any way, shape or form. The problem with witness testimony is when this when these three girls walk past this guy, they weren't on alert for somebody who was about to commit a murder. They weren't on alert yeah. for anything. They were just walking home and happened to see a guy walk by. Yeah. Attention probably wasn't paid very closely. Mm-hmm. Right? But do you know when they were in, interviewed? How long after they, uh, the murders they were interviewed? It doesn't say, but I believe they came out um, pretty close. That's the other thing. It doesn't say. Hold on. Well, yeah, no, it doesn't say. I think... Uh... Most of the time, you always hear it in cases. Eyewitness uh, testimonies—they're not 100% lock and key. So that's why I think the, the bullet's going to be more their their um, try to be their lock and key kind of like to get them booked for it. Because I think yeah. I went for a hike today. I did I did almost two miles, and I probably passed like six people. And the only thing I remember is the, the two dogs that they were walking because they were like a lab and a poodle. That's all I remember. I don't even remember the people. So, yeah. Like, yeah, witness testimony is one of the most unreliable. And it's because, and you can see in this case now, you know, Richard Allen, you know, states that he was there. He, he puts himself at the scene. And in fact, let's see. Let's just kind of scroll down to there. All right. This is the uh, investigators reviewing prior tips and counter tip narrative from officer who interviewed Richard Allen in 2017. That narrative states, Mr. Allen was on the trail. He parked at the old farm brew building and he walked to the uh, new Freedom Bridge. Well, at the Freedom Bridge, he saw three females. He noted one was taller. So this is definitely, they're definitely seeing each other. Now, does this mean 
he this is the killer no this just means that the three juveniles saw richard allen i mean i i don't doubt that one bit the three juveniles that were questioned the person they saw was definitely richard allen richard allen describes the same incident walking right by him and one girl being taller and so do not deny that whatsoever so mr allen was on the trail between 1330 and 1530. 1330 is 130 and 1530 is 330. And so um, he said he saw three females, noted one was taller and had brown or black hair. He did not remember the description, nor did he speak with him. He walked from watching a stock ticker on his phone as he walked. He stated there were vehicles parked on the high bridge trail ahead. However, did not pay attention to them. He did not take any photos or videos. Okay, so this is the um, um, potential follow-up information. Who are the three girls walking in the area of the Freedom Bridge? Investigators believe Mr. Allen was referring to the former Child Protective Services building as there is not a farm brew building in the area, nor had there been. Investigators believe the females he saw included uh, the three juveniles. Um, that are redacted due to the time they were leaving the trail and the time he reported getting to the trail and the descriptions of the three females. Right. And so one person says here that um, she must be tiny because Ari is short. Correct. Correct. And it doesn't say the age of these juveniles. And there's a possibility that, you know, this could have been a younger sibling of one of the juveniles, thus making them even shorter than would anticipate. Right. Um, so investigators discovered Richard Allen owned two vehicles 27, in 2017, a, a 2016 Black Ford Focus and a 2006 Gray Ford 500. Investigators dis- observed a vehicle that resembled Allen's 2016 Ford Focus on the Hoosier Harvester video at 127 traveling westbound on County Road 300 North in front of the Hoosier store which coincide with the statement that he arrived at 1.30 on the trails. Now, one thing that I've noticed in this probable cause doc, uh, affidavit is they will put any information that is um, corroborating. For instance, he says he showed up there, they have footage of it, and they put it in there. They don't have anything in there on him leaving. They don't have any of that corroborating evidence that they saw his vehicle leave. So perhaps he took another route that didn't go in front of the harvest store. And there's nothing of him in front of that camera walking full of blood or mud. That would be on here because everything else, including the lady that saw the person walking, um, that person walking with the, that saw a guy walking with blood and, and mud all over him that looked like he was in a fight their vehicle was seen on that camera and it is put on this report. So anything that they have that corroborates it, that makes it fact that's on here. Now they saw a vehicle that matches the Ford focus heading towards that direction, right? Investigators note that witnesses described the vehicle parked at the former child protective service building as a PT cruiser, a small SUV or a smart car. Now from a, Small SUV to a smart car, that's that's anything. Yeah. Like, well, is the the Ford Focus that he had, or is it the sedan, or is it the, the hatch? 
Um, I've heard rumors it was the hatch, but I haven't seen a picture of the actual vehicle. Okay. Because like some of the, the hatch hatch um, hatchbacks kind of look like those little small cars in certain right. angles. Right. You know what right. I mean? But I think it could also just be misidentified, like, you know, misidentifying a vehicle too. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you're looking at a small SUV to a smart car, and it wasn't uncommon for um, um, vehicles to be parked there. Uh, yeah. They said that there was vehicles that were parked looking kind of odd because it was back then. Um, however, like this is the this is where he was parked at the old CPS building. Like, we'll put a put a mark here. This is the bridge. It's three quarters of a mile away. And if you go all the way to where the bodies were discovered, it's about a mile the way the, the crow flies. And so um, that's a long distance to, to go back to. Like, you would assume, and also, <clears throat> if, he, if he did walk back across the road, right, as the lady said, because she said she saw him on the north side of the road, which is on this side of the road where the you would assume he would have got if he was able to, you know, elude this camera and knew about this camera to get back that he would have parked maybe over here or somewhere else. You know what I mean? It, there's there's evidence, enough evidence to, to, to find that Richard Allen was parked here and walked the trails. Um, and. In my opinion, all that does is just confirm that. And he said that he was there. And so this says on October 13th, Richard Allen was interviewed again by investigators. He advised he was on the trail, said he saw the juvenile girls um, east of the Freedom Bridge and that he went in onto the Monon High Bridge. Richard Allen further stated that when he went onto the Monon High Bridge to watch the fish later in his statement, he said he walked out to the first platform on the bridge. He stated he then walked back and sat on the bench trail and then left. He stated he parked his car on the side of an old building. He told investigators that he was wearing blue jeans and or blue or black Carhartt jacket with a hood. He advised he may have been wearing some type of head covering as well. He further claimed he saw no one else except the juvenile girls. He saw east of the Freedom Bridge. He told investigators that he owns firearms and they were at his home. Uh, Richard M. Allen's wife, Kathy Allen, also spoke to investigators. She confirmed that Richard Allen did have guns and knives at the residence. She also stated Richard still owns a blue Carhartt jacket. On October 13th, investigators executed a search warrant on the residence um, at 1967 North Whiteman Drive. Among other items, officers located jackets, boots, knives, and firearms, including a six-hour model P226 40 caliber pistol with serial number U-625-627. Um, between October 14th and 19th, the Indiana State Police Laboratory performed analysis on Allen's gun. And the uh, laboratory performed a physical examination and classification of the firearm function test, barrel and overall length measurement, test firing, ammunition component characterization, microscopic com comparison, and NIBIN. The laboratory determined the unspent round located within two feet of victim body two had been cycled through Richard M. Allen's six hour. So here's the thing, though, about that gun. <clears throat> An identification 
opinion is reached when the evidence exhibits an agreement class of characteristics and a sufficient agreement of individual marks. Sufficient agreement is related to the significant duplication of random striated impression marks as evidence of correspondence of pattern or combination of patterns of surfaces contours. The interpretation of identification is subject in nature and is based on relevant scientific research and reporting examiners training and experience. So it's basically what this is saying is that the markings that were left, uh, geez, blue, <laughs> that the markings that were left on the, uh, on the casing, um, were one are subjective and, and opinion based. What do y'all think about that? I, you know what? I was, uh, I was watching the, a video on that, especially because they they mentioned uh, the Innocence Project, right? Right. Yeah. Well, and, I was about uh, to play that one. Yeah. Go ahead. What's it called? Um, but I was thinking, like, maybe it's not actually the the, the markings. Maybe it's a partial fingerprint. I mean, you do have to push down <laughs> the round into the the magazine. You know what I mean? Right. So maybe it's a maybe it's a partial. Uh, well. I think, I think I think the print would have been on there if that's what they had. Um, not saying that there isn't a print, but it said yeah. identifying marks that are characteristics from the 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 bullet that shown um, that it came from the same gun. Mm -hmm. So they're they're talking about the markings on the side of the bullet. Um, I'm going to show a video clip if you guys don't mind muting yourselves really got it, fast. Got it, got it. Um, we're gonna they're gonna talk about this. Um, this bullet. Let's do it. Piece of evidence in the Delphi murder investigation is now being called into question. Investigators found a round that wasn't fired near the bodies of Abby Williams and Libby German and traced it to Richard Allen's gun. Now that process has been used for years to secure convictions. But a group is now challenging the science involved here. Fox 59 Chief Investigator Steve Brown picks up the story from there. Steve? Dan and Bearshell, the method used to link the cartridge to the gun is called tool mark analysis. It's been admitted as evidence in courts for decades, but the Innocence Project says there's good reason to doubt it. This is not settled science. Tanya Brief is a senior staff attorney with the Innocence Project. Over the last 30 years, the organization has used DNA science to exonerate 375 people in prison and also found an analysis of the evidence that caused wrongful convictions revealed that flawed forensic evidence is responsible, at least in part, for more than half of the wrongful convictions. That includes tool mark analysis. In the Delphi case, this involves matching scratches on the found unfired cartridge as it was cycled through Allen's gun. How? We dive deep. Cincinnati area firearms examiner Chris Monturo explains ammunition is standardly made of soft metals, brass, copper, and lead. The extractor is steel. The ejector is steel. So those are going to scratch that cartridge case as it gets thrown out of the gun. If you're asked to, to match a cartridge to a gun, what's your level of confidence that today's science can accurately do that? I am absolutely confident. A study published last year by three FBI scientists found when certified examiners were asked to match samples of cartridges to guns, incorrect matches happened less than 1% of the time. Still, errors happen. Anthony Hinton, 
spent 30 years on Alabama's death row after his gun was erroneously linked to a pair of murders. It is the court, when we're talking about the criminal legal system, that must act as the gatekeeper. So the Innocence Project and an array of university scientists are taking their objections to the courts, arguing research supporting the accuracy of tool mark analysis is flawed because studies are not well designed. The question for courts is whether or not the science is current and reliable. Now, we did inform Allen's defense team and the Indiana State Police about this story coming to the air, but did not ask for comment because of the gag order on the Delphi case. But prior to the gag order, Allen's attorney signaled they would challenge the tool mark analysis law enforcement says matches the found unspent round to Allen's gun. So this um, type of evidence has not been 100% solid in the past. Uh, but let's just play a little bit of devil's advocate real quick. Let's just say that that round did go through Richard Allen's gun and that bullet did belong to Richard Allen. Do y'all see a scenario where he's innocent and the bullet still gets there and it still went through his through his uh, through his gun? Hmm. Damn, that's a uh, that's a big uh, what's it called? That's a big maybe because, like, man, how 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 far was this bullet away from the bodies? Two two feet between the bodies, too. Man, that's uh, if if the guy is innocent and the bullet the bullet was just there, then that's just that's just bad. That's a bad luck, man. Shit, that's yeah. something that will happen to me. Shit, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it definitely isn't good luck. Um, do, do do you know? Okay, on on that video, they were asking. They were saying that they were they, you know, they match the 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 markings, right? The the tool markings, right? Mm-hmm. Are they matching the tool markings? So when it ejects out of the, yeah. the okay, okay, yeah, it's the extractor markings. Extractor, okay, because there's there's also uh, also makes marks whenever you're putting it in a magazine too. Right. Right. So like maybe not the gun, the extraction point to marks, but maybe they're well. They're, if they said that it recycled through the the, the, the okay. gun, that would probably mean that it went through the chamber. I was gonna say um, maybe they're. I thought maybe they were checking also like the two markings when it's being in, in inside the the magazine itself. Right, right. What about you, Blue? Do you see any way possible that that bullet went through Richard Allen's gun and it not be? Uh, he be innocent in this? I would say it's very unlikely, man. I think um, the girls weren't known to hang out with his daughter, right? They weren't over uh-huh. at his place where they would pick it up. Like if he left it on the counter or left it. The girls weren't avid gun shooters that would go to a range. And I think I haven't heard anything about Alan going often. Um, so I would say probably not, man. And then from what the reports say is if they did have it on their person, like say they got it from somebody, their clothes wasn't near them. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I think he, he had a, he used it as an intimidation when he cocked it back, it shot out and he couldn't find it. Yeah, that's possible. 
Now, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of reasonable doubt. You guys ready? Okay. Uh, Richard Allen was there at 127. He was searching his phone. There's a possibility that he's gunned to a gun, shot, a gun, gun range before in his life and put ammunition in his pocket. If he pulls out his phone on the trail and there be an unspent caliber round in his pocket, there's a possibility that round falls onto the ground. And if these girls were behind him, is there a possibility these girls see this unspent round on the ground, pick it up out of curiosity? It's now on their person during the commission of this murder falls out of whatever pocket while he's ripping their clothes off. Oh, well, let me. Oh, let's okay. Let's put it this way: um, if you're putting bullets in your pocket, you shouldn't be owning the damn gun, because bullets in your pocket, you put it in the laundry, you wash it, you throw it in the dryer, that's just gonna go off. It's gonna go off. No, yeah, that's quite possible. But when you have, um, you know, I don't. I've seen it before. I've seen it before where people have well, ammunition it, in their pockets. It, it happens. It's just like. Man, that's that's dumb. You know what I mean? Never put ammunition in your pockets, man. And I, I should know. You know why? Because I go to Mexico. They find you with the bullet at the crossing at the, at the border. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll be held to pay. I'll tell you this: when when I was a uh, an officer, we had to go and work um, the security sometimes for TSA, mm-hmm. and there'd be a, several times where people were walking through uh, the airport screening with bullets in their pockets. And it was because they went to a gun range, they picked it up, they put their casings. They did those types of things and put it in their pocket. That's dumb. And, you know, I've gone to a trail. I've been on several trails, walking trails, nature trails, where I've seen ammunition on the ground. I've seen seen bullet casings, but I've I've never seen the actual bullet round. Like right. unspent, you know what I mean? I seen bullet casings and, and brass and whatnot. But I really never I never come across, you know, uh, uh actual live round. And I've been hunting since like I was like thirteen. Yeah. Right. But right. I mean I mean it's hunting, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, I mean that I, would be my I, if I was Richard Allen, that would be what I would be yelling out right now. Oh yeah, definitely. I was like, Hey man, I go to the gun range, I shoot my guns. I, I cycle the bullets through there. Sometimes I put them in the pocket of my sweater. Mm-hmm. I put my phone in my pocket, pulled out my phone. The ammunition fell down. I was there before these girls arrived. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, it's possible that these girls picked it up, had it on their person when they encountered the real killer. I mean, that's that's what I would be yelling out from the rooftops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It, that, that, but like. If you went to an actual gun range, there's always uh, video evidence at most gun ranges nowadays. They keep good track. I remember the gun club I go to, I had to sign in every time I go. So, Yeah, but, I mean, you also got to gotta think, too. He's in a rural area. He might have a buddy that has, like, some open land somewhere, and they just go out there and pop, 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 just shoot out, you know, downrange. And to the back of the CVS and shoots a raccoon. <laughs> yeah, I mean those those things are possible too. And so, you know, if that's one explanation as to why they got it, one key key thing that I would do is look for some DNA on uh, uh, on that bullet. If Richard Allen's yeah. DNA is on there, then that definitely comes from his round or his gun, and it's his. Yeah. But if the girl's DNA is on it, that means they picked it up. 
You get what I'm saying? Because if if it was a scenario where he, you know, pulled the slide back in in an intimidation factor, right? Yeah. And it popped out. He didn't think about it or or even if there was a slight struggle and one of them pulled the slide back during the struggle and the round he he, he ejected at that point, Mm. that round wouldn't have touched those girls. It would have just flew out, right? And so if there's like some kind of DNA from those girls and DNA from them picking it up or whatever, that that would lead me to believe that they picked it up prior to. But I don't know. I just I, I just don't see like what are the odds, man? You know what I mean? It's not a long trail, man. It's not a very long trail. One bullet, not... one bullet between these two girls. One bullet. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, it's one of those things where. Um, like to to prove his innocence. If I would have known, I forgot that there. I'd be like, "Oh, I go to the woods all the time and shoot my gun." Yeah, I shoot at trees, shoot squirrels. I would put myself in that area. And he said he's never been on that property. Right, but those girls were at one point, and if those girls picked it up and they had it on their person, then they took the bullet to that property. <sighs> it's a, it, the thing is, at the end of the day, it's not the prosecute. It's not the defense team to prove that he's innocent. It's the prosecutor to prove he's guilty. And if that is, you know, uh, their one and only claim, their smoking gun, uh, I think that a uh, somebody can reasonably put the gut that the bullet there uh in that form or fashion now the one thing about his statement that i'm seeing is he says he was there till about 3 30 right those girls were dropped off i want to say it was at 147 or so and um they were on the bridge at 213 taking pictures oh. he claims he never saw them yeah you see what i'm saying yeah that one that's kind of weird but um i think I think when you look at it, it's probably him, but there has to be more evidence in this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it probably is him, but we're just you're you're you're. What we're trying to do is say that he can use. Uh, oh, this is going to be his defense. Yeah, the, his defense is can use this. Like, it, he he could they can use use it easily use it. Yeah. To prove him, to prove him innocent, like yeah, sure he was at the at the scene. And maybe, like you said, oh yeah, maybe the he dropped the round or whatever. The girls picked it up. You know, that could have been that. That could have been given reasonable doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, if, if, if this is it, if this is all they have, which I doubt it, I'm sure they have more. I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. But um, what's it called? If this is if it was just this, if this was it, and they had nothing else, like I wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to convict them. I don't think so, man. I think there's a lot of question marks in here about yeah. it already. District attorney would turn down the the arrest warrant if it wasn't enough. I would think. Mm. Well, you have to. You, the, the thing is, the judge that approved the probable the, the arrest warrant reclused himself mm-hmm. um, because he didn't want any problems with his family and a bunch of other things. Yeah. And I was watching. Um, I think it's like trying crime talk or I don't know what it's a lawyer and um, he has a docket and he's pretty informative. There's a few people that I watch him, detective mains, um, cold case investigator, uh, things like that, that are, that have 
experience in law enforcement. And and he was talking about it and he's like, you recluse yourself for this. This isn't something you recluse yourself unless you're uh, not proud of the fact that, you know, you issued out an arrest warrant based on this probable cause affidavit. It's it's weak. It is weak. I mean, there the the fact that you have somebody there at a public trail uh, doesn't mean that the person committed the crime. Uh, it's suspicious. It's hell of a suspicious. Very. Um, one guy here, and, and I saw it earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. He said that you could see Richard Allen's truck or vehicle at the old CPS on the on the footage. Let's let's let's. Oh, yeah, the helicopter footage. Is that what it's talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, saw that. that. Yeah, yeah. Let's um. We have that, don't you? Don't you have it? I do. I do have it right here. Let's bring it up. We 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 looked at this last time. This was the uh, the day of. I just got to get, get my gatherings as far as where we're at. Mm-hmm. So there's the Freedom um, Bridge. There's the trail, the way it starts. It's back this way. It's right here. I don't see any cars there. Does the video keep on going around? Yeah, let's see. They said he was backed up into a building, and I don't see nothing. You see, and that's not like the best place to park. Like, if you don't want to get seen, it's a common place that people go to the trail park at. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I've read and understood, it's not. Um, what do you call it? It's it's far away, unless unless there's um, uh, William Ray says uh, Libby fought whose DNA would was below her nails the ronald logan search warrant um which has a lot of detailed information about the scene says that they uh there was no sign of fight or struggle so a lot of those are rumors and details and and supposed messages that text messages that were released that i i find to be a little sketchy um but yeah the ronald logan search um warrant talks about um, there was no struggle or fight from the girls. All righty. I don't see a vehicle parked out there. What about you, Blue? No, because the only thing I see is that, that little white thing in there, but that could be like a trash kind of right in the front of the building. Like, not in the front, but like at the end of the parking lot. But don't know, like a park. It looks like an extra like patch of parking. Right. So you can see cars passing. So we're not like too far away from it that we couldn't see the car. You know what I mean? So yeah. this is a vehicle there. We've seen on this side, there was nothing there. There's, yeah, there's, I don't see a vehicle at the old CPS building there still. So, huh. Okay. My next question is uh, I wonder. I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, what about if there's an alternate route that doesn't go in front of um, that Hoosier store that Richard Allen could have gone home to? You know what I'm yeah, saying? 
it looks like if you go around like from that building you can go under the under the overpass on that camera on that on that video right and let's see so if you went that so, way you would go around that that uh that store oh uh, yeah well it's right here look so if he was parked here and then he left this way underneath came back this way would have gotten back on this highway here yeah and that would have been the fastest trip home he wouldn't pass that store yeah he could have gone this direction and then or all right he, but, he could pull a daniel and cut the grass but then they <laughs> get a 200 dollar fine if they catch you <laughs> Just because you have four by four doesn't mean you can use it. That's what the cop told me. <laughs> oh man, somebody told you about me going through the grass. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so we did that in the Camaro, bro. We, we yeah. did do that in the Camaro. I was, I was like, who told you about that, Blue? You weren't there. <laughs> I had a four by four exploring. There was a ton of traffic in San Antonio, and I was like, I was going to be late to work. I was like, everybody's cutting through the grass. I, like, I got four by four. I'll cut through the grass. <laughs> Except the car behind me was a four by four, and they couldn't get up on the damn embankment. So he like stopped in front of me, and by the time I knew it, the car I couldn't go around them. The mm -hmm. cop was behind me. I got yeah, ma'am. But also, so question: I know that they say they saw a vehicle matching Richard Allen's vehicle passing in front of the uh, harvest store going towards the old CPS building. Mm -hmm. Why would he be going that direction? Well, at what time was this? At one twenty-seven, they saw a vehicle matching his description coming this direction. I if he, he if he was coming from home, why would he go that direction? Hmm. Like why yeah. not go this direction around and then, oh, let me see. Unless, ah, because you can't turn off here. Why would you go that direction? You know what? I'm um, I'm gonna look up Google Maps. I'm gonna find the address real quick to his house, off of that probable cause affidavit, and then I'm gonna find the old address to that, and I'm gonna map it out real quick. Um, let's see. His address was. It was oh. like 1967-something. Go ahead, Blue. I was going to say, um, yeah, like, there, it looks like there's a road that goes straight through town that goes straight to that area. For him to go all the way around, it's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. oh, you know what? We don't need help. I just noticed something here. Nothing about the... We don't have the... the we don't have the banner running for... For, what's it called? For email. So you can oh yeah so if you guys are interested in coming on the show <clears throat> we'll be doing that here pretty soon uh, send us an email and then we'll send you the link um, our email is drunk turkey show at gmail.com okay yeah if you can send us that photo through at drunk turkey show at gmail.com I'll be able to get that as well it's called yeah. If you if you guys see me just randomly jump out, it's because I have a real bad cough. So I I gotta go get some water, man, before I die, before I come up the lung and shit. Hey man, we'll get more views that way. Stay on. I know. 
<laughs> we're trying to get to a thousand guys. It, we're trying to get to a thousand. It's weird. I, I get off of the of the, the show and they, it jumps viewers. I was like, oh shit, he's gone. This, this I'll get on. <laughs> and then they get yeah. back on and it goes down and get lit. Nah, I hear you, man. I hear you. Let me see. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull up my email real quick. I'm going to look for the address right real fast as well. So, um, what are y'all thinking, man? Do y'all think that it was Richard Allen after all this, or do you think that perhaps they got the wrong guy? Oh, man. I'm hoping to have more than just the toe marks on the what's called the bullet. Do you think that it's odd that he would have kept the jacket? Um, yeah. If I were, if I committed a murder and I've been seen by three other people in mm-hmm. the in the scene, I will probably get rid of all the yeah, all the it. evidence I had on. I'll be having a barbecue that afternoon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A bonfire. Yeah. You know, with the, with the, what's it called? The steel can. So, no, I, I agree. I mean, I would have destroyed it. The fact that he kept it or, you know, and, and like I said, he's if he did do this, he puts himself on the scene, on the bridge with the uh, uh, at the time wearing the, you know, telling him what he's wearing. And I guess, you know, he probably assumed that they may not have had him dead to rights, but would have, um, you know, seen him, the three juveniles. And so it's, I don't think he could have lied about it. And so maybe yeah. that's why he went and said that. Uh, here it is. Found his address finally. Um, now I just got to find the address for. Check the or email. Yeah, I just got to find the am, the address for um, the old uh, CPS building there in Delphi. Mm. Damn. Uh, you know what, man? I'm getting older. I can't see, man. I don't want any glasses now. <laughs> All right, I found it. I found it. All right, so let's do this real quick. So the old building was at 3. I'm sorry. Dyslexia. <laughs> 6931 West 300. North. In Delphi, Texas. Delphi, Texas. Delphi Indiana. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I'm all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's, I was like, what? It's here in Texas? Everybody's getting uh, killed in Texas these days. Let's see. Check starting point. Paste. All right. All right, so this doesn't even show. Oh, but you know what? This 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 has it stopped here. That's why it has them stopped right on the highway in the middle of the highway. Yeah. If they had to stop here, there, there it is. Uh, it don't show going this route through in front of that bridge that that store and if he were to have gone to that store like how out of the way is that there's because no the pri- alternate route it's no private road maybe but like to go onto this road here 
to be traveling in this direction towards the CPS. Yeah, you had to. You had to go way out of your way. Yeah. Like, where does that make sense? It doesn't make any sense. I don't think that I think that the vehicle that they spotted on the camera going that direction that they claim matches the description of his. I find it hard to be that it was his. I don't I don't see him going that direction. That's probably why they don't see him leaving that direction either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they only maybe, have a vehicle going that direction that one time. Maybe maybe it's just a vehicle that looked like his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean I'm sure there's a lot of vehicles that look like each other. Right. I mean it isn't isn't like when you buy a car, then all of a sudden you see it everywhere. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed like last I bought the Elantra and then we had it for like a month and I was like, dude, they're everywhere. Like I didn't know. Is this a new Cavalier? <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah, for sure. And so they, they, they kinda are right now with Hyundai's issues, man. They they have a bad motor in them. No, it depends how you drive them. No, yeah. no, the, the Sonatas have a bad motor in them that you replace like don't say that. I just bought one. So, like, mm-hmm. like, they're getting replaced. Like, batteries on smoke detectors, bro. That's how bad they are. Uh, luckily, I don't have smoke detectors. So, if this bitch burns down, we're done. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna put the uh, live stream in the in the live chat, y'all. Um, um, you will have to show your camera. Um, a camera have to be on before we pull you out on the uh, on the show. So it's it's in there. Let me pin it. Pin the message. Boom. <clears throat> so they need to take they need to take a part of each of his car radios and swab video each button and turn turn handle trunk lock all luminal also. Yeah, no, for sure. You see, the thing is about that is you would think that that would be in the probable cause affidavit to arrest him. You know, putting something that is subject to opinion, like the markings on a uh, uh, on a tool and um, saying that there was just limited witnesses that saw him out there isn't isn't really enough. That's that, that's enough to make you a suspect mm-hmm. for sure. I think um, it's uh, the, the car, like breaking down the car. It ain't going to work because two things. They uh, the bodies were never moved. You know, he never mm-hmm. carried these bodies in that car. The other but part is, he got in it with mud and blood, supposedly. But to me, he probably cleaned off some in the river. And he probably, it's already been five years. How many times do you think he's wiped down that car? Or seven years? Yeah, but like blood doesn't go away that easy, man. I mean, even, even if you bleach it and you get that luminol spray, it's still going to uh-huh. pop out. A little bit of hydrogen peroxide and water will get rid of it. That stuff bubbles up. Have you ever seen it? It bubbles up and, and then you just scrub it out. Yeah, but I mean, work. to get every nick and cranny, I mean, you're talking everything. Um, unlike, like the, like, like the, uh, the comment was, you know, radio dial, locks, handles, door handles, shift. things of that nature, shift knob, the, um, anything. And, you know, at the end of the day, this person took these girls clothes off. Right. So like hair probably um, went onto his person. You know, there was a transfer of hair mm-hmm. and other probably fluids or, or whatnot. There's no way 
in my mind that this guy, especially, you know, you commit these murders in broad daylight, you're getting out of there as fast as you possibly can after that point. You don't want to get seen. Um, you know, if you're covered in blood, you don't want anybody seeing you, you know, getting in your vehicle covered in blood. So you're, you're probably moving with a purpose, getting in uh, to not make a mistake is hard to believe. Yeah, I don't know. Like that, to me, the car is just it's too old. Like, it's like the other the other case that we were doing, um, they found the car a year later, but it had already been through the auction sellers, and it had been through the owner. Cops broke it down. There was nothing in it. You know what I mean? Evidence was gone. Talking about seven years of cleaning with armor all wipes. Spraying down, vacuuming, washing your car. I don't think right. it's going to be. Could be. Either, either that or either there wasn't not enough evidence in there to begin with. Or there was just really good cleaning. That and also, I mean, you. Because, I mean, of course it breaks down after so many, so many, like, you know, time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and my thing is like, like you want to you want to also like you don't as the the, the prosecutor wants to settle this out they want to they're gonna come in heavy and, and swift in hopes that somebody's going to you know all right I'll confess for a lighter sentence this that and a third right I don't, I don't see any of that here. It's like they're showing their hand. They finally got something. And if the rumors are right that this had nothing to do with uh, Keegan Klein or or uh, his father and that this was a situation where they searched the Wabash River, didn't find anything. They were frustrated because they got tired of dealing with Keegan Klein and all his lies. So they decided to go back. They found this, you know, um, they found this, uh, I guess, interview from a conservation officer that uh, was lost due to a clerical error and now hey you know what this guy said he was there this guy said that he had guns and stuff let's go ask him or whatever they get the warrant because based on the fact that he was matching the description of the person that was out there like that it's uh, that makes it seem like they have probably less evidence as well you know, because everything that they've had up to this point has been kind of leading towards Keegan Klein and or Tony Klein. I mean, at first it was pretty obvious what they were doing. I mean, you, you can kind of follow the footsteps of what the police are doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they they assumed that it was Ronald Logan right away. Uh, the sketch was an older guy. Uh, you know, Ronald Logan lied about his alibi. He did a lot of things that would make you say that this person was guilty. They found out that. You know, during the investigation that he violated his probation, he ended up getting 18 months in prison, probably because he was driving and or drinking at the time of when these murders had occurred. Yeah. And so, you know, that ends up happening. Then you have these girls being a victims of a catfishing by by uh, Keegan Klein. Yeah. You know, I, I was actually talking to to Jeannie Smith about that. And I was like, perhaps those are the tentacles that Doug Carter was talking about, not so much that there was a lot of details and a lot of people connecting, but yeah. more so that there was a lot of kind of like a maze where you have a lot of paths that seem promising, but yeah. end up being dead ends. You know, you have all these strings that 
All right, this guy lied about his alibi. This guy over here is catfishing, trying to meet up with the victim. All these things that would make you believe that they were involved. And if they weren't, then they were just kind of dead ends and paths. And that might be also why he made the statement of when you go back and you look at what we did, you might question yourself or or say you should have done A, B and C instead of D and E, meaning you should have gone and looked at the people who claimed they were there at the time and gone down those people first versus this this other stuff. But I don't blame them. You know, I look at what Ronald Logan had done. He lied about his alibi. And a lot of people say, oh, man, he um, he lied. He didn't know that there was he, he asked for an alibi before the bodies were discovered. Yeah, but the, the girls were already uh, missing. People were looking for him when he came up with the alibi. So it, it's possible he was just trying to prevent somebody from, um, you know, finding out that he was either out driving or drinking, which he wasn't allowed to be doing. Um, but, yeah, it is definitely going to be a. Um, uh, a crazy situation. Um, what do y'all think about that? The tentacles, the, do you think that's what it could be? Just a bunch of dead ends? It could be. It could be. I mean, each case has them. Oh, um, yeah. and, and then the, the police, that's the job. The job is to uh, follow these leads and then make, make sure that they have some, uh, you know, meat to them, you know, if you can, and if they don't, well, then they can, get rid of that one, scratch it out, and then move on to the next one. And I think that's what's happening. I think that's what the, that was, the tentacles that just yeah. they got to go through all of them, make sure, make sure they can, uh, you know, find out that it has, they can hold water, you know? Hmm. Yeah, like I, I was watching, I just finished watching the whole documentary this morning because so I couldn't sleep, which is the Casey Anthony series. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, you saw how that one, that one paid up. Yeah, exactly, yeah. man. So you never know until they go to court, until they figure stuff out, and then and all Every, and everybody knows she did it, and and she's and still. Then, oh, man, she she convinced me that it was her dad. Oh, I don't know about that, dude. Yeah, man, I don't know. Even if let's say even if it was, I mean, I'm sure she knew something about it. Let's just say that that's the point. I, I saw, I saw one part of it where. Okay, so it kind of comes into this this instance. Is it possible that the dad or the grandpa was doing something inappropriate? Maybe. But does that mean that uh, is it also possible at the same time that this young little girl could have been a victim of two different crimes? You know, there's a lot of things that indicate that that Casey Anthony was responsible or or had knowledge of. Yeah, definitely. Of the death there. And and one thing is and and I, I saw it earlier and this one guy goes, so you're on. You're on the uh, you're on trial for murder for your child. I think I think they have the death penalty out there, and you wait 11 years to come up with the theory that it was your father yeah. instead of then. If you knew the whole time, you knew the whole why time. Why not? Why not I just think, come out with it? I think why it was, wait? I think it was both of them. That's what I think. I think uh, he, he was probably high on meth or something. Something happened. So it's that's neglect neglection. Our stories no. never up. It was always a different story. I don't know. I, you know, we, we, we need to go into that case because I'll be honest with you. There's only so much I've seen of it. Maybe we maybe we'll do that. Let us know in the live chat. Do you guys well, want us to cover that case yeah. next week? 
That'd be, uh, that'd be fun. I, I think we talked about this uh, a couple of times, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we brought it up. To that one. Never done it. Yeah, we always bring it up, but never haven't got on it, man. I, no, I, no. I woke up last night at at midnight because I accidentally slept all day yesterday, and I I, I didn't go to sleep till eleven a.m. this morning, so I still mm-hmm. it. Man, I got that. I got that. Um, that picture. Let me pull it up real quick from the live chat. Let's see. All right. Before you bring it up, I just want to say peace out. I got to get to work, guys. Uh, have a good night, man. I'll jump on when I get to work. If y'all still on here. Sounds yes, good. Take care. Be careful. Be careful out there, man. Yes, sir. Uh, I see this picture, but I'm not sure what we're looking. This is just a, an image. Is this the car? That's not the old CPS building, though. All right, all right. I'll see if I can if I can find that image and correlate it. We have a guest in the uh, backstage. Let us know with a thumbs up if you're ready to come on in. I'm not sure if she can hear me. Oh, there she is. Let's do it. How's it going, lovely Sphinx? How you doing? I'm doing good. Awesome, um, awesome. So I don't do you have any? Uh... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I don't mean to get people upset in the in the comments in the chat. We just had a little exchange. Um, I know everybody huh. has their own opinion, and it's just it's it's hard to know what is right and what is wrong and it's just a yeah. complicated case yeah oh, definitely and then that's what we're doing here you know trying to see everybody's opinions including ours you know what i mean we're not here to like, yeah. fight we're not here to argue with anybody right. we're all we're open to opinions yeah, me neither. It's just a devastating case, and it's extremely sad. And all of us want the bad guy caught. And oh yeah, definitely. And hopefully, this time next year, we it should be over by this time. So I, I found the so that picture that he sent me is is right here. It's off of this drone footage. This is. This is somewhere else. I'm not sure that that could be a uh, undercover vehicle. That could be a. There's a bunch of cars, uh, cars placed in a, in a bunch of different places after, as they're looking for these girls. But that's on the. Um, that's on the other end of the Freedom Bridge. This is where the CPS building is. That. Um, that. Richard Allen was claimed to have parked at and stated he parked at. And let's see if I can get another. I want to get a view. Okay, so this is the farm where they have the camera, I believe. This is the Myers farm. And this is the road in which somebody would have been traveling at. Mm-hmm. And 
this is the area in which the um, one of the witnesses stated that they saw him walking along the edge on the north end of the road. So it's on this side. Yeah. Man, it's flat. Like you can see for a while. Yeah, is it, that's the cemetery on the left. That's yeah, that's the cemetery. Yeah, correct. In fact, the bodies are somewhere back here. Okay. And this is the this is the high bridge. Yeah, that's there's nowhere to hide on that road. Nah, and so like my thing is like I find it hard to believe that somebody's walking down that way. You know, and it's not cooperated. You know, everything else in that in the uh, uh, probable cause affidavit is cooperated. It's um, with with that camera. Um, I wonder if uh, I, I find it odd. I find it very odd. Now, the other thing about this was and, and this could be why he was traveling on this road. Right. So mm -hmm. I just came up with an, on, on an idea. You look at what he was wearing, right? He was wearing heavy clothing. He was wearing something that appeared to be that he was out there a long time. In fact, when we looked at him, we thought he was outside the entire morning, stalking, looking for somebody. Uh, but apparently he had shown up at 1.30. Now, let's go back to this image here. If, if he's coming down this road here, this is that uh, Myers Farm. There's that Hoosier Harvest Store. Yeah. Perhaps he was he was stalking and hunting other trails earlier that day along this end. I wonder if there's any other trails, parks or or anything hmm. this direction. Or maybe even this no. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if he was out there that morning and he didn't find anything there and then he was like, "All right, I'm going to I'm going to head on to to uh, the Monhan High Bridge and just kind of hang out there. And, and he came from one trail to another and showed up here. That, to me, would kind of explain the clothing as well, because I felt like he was wearing some clothing that didn't make a lot of sense for the weather and the temperature. And he That's showed up there at that time. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. At one, 136, something like that? Yeah. Uh, there's Riley Park. See, look for that. I wonder if anybody's seen him out there that morning. I would be looking for for Im videos and images because I mean there could be a possibility that he was he was out in multiple parks and um, or trails or or whatever the case may be that could potentially get him um, out there. Oh, let's see. <clears throat> So, Lovely Sphinx, what, what kind of thoughts and theories do you have on this case? Oh, I think you might be frozen. Yeah, it probably, that's probably what it is. Yeah, if you, yeah, you're frozen pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to pull you out of the, the stream, see if you can reconnect to it, and then let us know when you're back on. Um. It don't take much to conceal a handgun. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And um, and I, I think that they have they have to have more. The, the The prosecution seems like they're confident in this case. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
you know, they came out saying they were confident, but then they go ahead and put a gag order to, to stop the defense from putting out information out there. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. If you had like a defense team or whatnot, you would want, um, you would want to hold on one second. Okay, yeah, no, that's the same thing. You would want you'd want the prosecution, uh, or I mean, the defense team to talk as much as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, it looks like we got you back. I see you moving around. So, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, perfect. So, what are your thoughts and theories on this case? Um, I've been thinking a lot about this case and um, definitely definitely it seems like Richard Allen is not it, there is no strong case against him but it to me, it seems like Libby sealed this case with that video of her because of hers, because Rachel, Rachel, Richard Allen admitted being there. He placed himself on that bridge in a blue jacket and blue jeans. Uh, and then with a the hat and then Ooh. teenagers have seen him and then what are the odds that he's on Libby's phone telling the girls down the hill, which is a kidnapping? Right. Well, there's one thing that I um, that I found odd is that the three juveniles didn't positively identify him as the guy that they see on the bridge and Libby's phone. They 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 identify him as being like I would have interviewed them, asked them about what they saw. And then I would have also showed them the footage afterwards of what they had, you know, the the four, the the six second clip of him walking that they released to the public. And I would have asked, is this the person that you see? And unless the answer was yes or, or anything other than yes, it would be on there. If they said that. I don't know. Maybe then that's probably why it's not in there. But. That's concerning to me that they don't positively say that's the guy that we saw walking on the trail. Yeah, that was on his on that on that thing. They say that it there's a, they saw a guy that describes that, that kind of matches his description. Yeah, the, yeah they I, that's what I noticed, too, that they didn't actually go and say, oh, yeah, that's exactly the guy who was there or not. But they do have all the similar somewhat similar um description of what he was wearing and whatnot right and well in my in my opinion and if you like are not paying attention you glance at the person and then just randomly and then keep going and then you're being asked to remember how he looks like it is really difficult to recollect and especially no, for sure for Right, and especially for teenagers that usually don't pay attention to much of anything. So mm. I think that's why these statements are uh, inconclusive. And I am not sure if I think I think um, the prosecution needs to dress Rich Allen into what he was wearing on the bridge and 
they need to put them in a line with different guys wearing the same thing and have the girls identify them, even though it's been just like mm. of identification. Right. And you're, you're breaking up a little bit, but I, I got the gist of what you said. And I agree. And, and that's why they ask um, to identify what they saw. Uh, oh, you're breaking up really good. Um, but I got the I got the uh, the first part of it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they if they. So yeah, what, I don't know if they what happened put, is, like had ritual. So so what they should have done now, you know, smaller departments and things of that nature sometimes. Um, can drop the ball on a few things, but I know that the Indiana State Police was heavily involved in this and they're a much larger department. Uh, but what you typically do is you're gonna wanna interview these uh, uh, juveniles separately and independently to make sure that they have the same story. Uh, and then after you got their descriptions and things of that nature, you would show them pictures or footage to, to, and ask them, is this the person that you saw? Um, that's not something that's uncharacteristic my concern is the fact that they didn't say positively yes. Now, doing a description based off memory, what they wore, things of that nature. Yeah. But seeing somebody in person or seeing a photo of somebody would be a little bit um, should draw back your memory a little bit more clear than you're just trying to remember purely off of memory. And so um, those two things can exist. And I don't doubt that the three girls saw Richard Allen. Uh, Richard Allen admitted to seeing three juveniles and one being taller. Uh, and one of these girls saying that she wasn't, you know, he wasn't taller than her. So she had to be, he had to be under five foot 10, meaning that was a taller female. And so I don't doubt one bit that Richard Allen was seen there. Richard Allen puts himself there, all those things. He, what comes in question is, all right, can we put Richard Allen with that bullet? Is that bullet, you know, belong to him? And if it does, then we got to also make sure that that ammunition, um, like how did it get there? Now the three juveniles describe this man, not on his phone, but with his hands in his pocket walking. He says he got on his phone at one point to check the, uh, the, the stock ticker. Like I mentioned before, if he had a couple of ammunition rounds in his pocket for whatever reason, he pulled out his phone at that point to check the stock ticker thing. There's a possibility if he had a round in his pocket as he pulls out his phone that that round falls. Now, he reported being at that trail ahead of Libby and Abby. So if Libby and Abby were behind him and happened to see the round on the ground and pick it up and put it in their pocket or whatnot, then that would explain that round being at the scene. Now, that's a lot of ifs and hypothetical impossibilities, but what it also is is a uh, plausible, reasonable explanation as to why it's there. And, you know, at that point, you have to realize that it does bring in some doubt because you have to, in order to convict him, it has to be uh, there can't be any doubt that he didn't do it. And so it, it in my opinion, does bring in some reasonable doubt. Let's see. Um, they can they can match that bullet to the box of ammo in his house. Right. And so let's go back here. So, William, real quick, you saying 
that there was a vehicle. See, there was a vehicle parked here. And my question is, oh, but the, the, the question was, it was the old CPS building here is where he said he was parked and where a bunch of the uh, witnesses said that they saw a vehicle parked kind of suspicious. And if they saw a vehicle traveling in this direction, it would be believed that they could park there. Now, I do get what you're saying because this is the Freedom Bridge. It's on this opposite side. Um, maybe, I mean, unless he lied about where he parked at, which, which I would have, (laughs) if I committed the murder, I wouldn't tell people where I was parked at. Uh, it just seems, you know, the thing is he said that he parked at the bridge. I mean, at the, at the building and there was witnesses that said they saw a vehicle parked, parked there that seemed kind of suspicious. Okay. So My thing is, so there has to be more to this than just that, because I feel if they go to trial with just that being the only evidence, it's going to be kind of tough. It's going to be tough to prove. Let's see. Um. Yeah, I I understand that. I I understand we we only need one reasonable doubt. And Jeannie Smith said he said that he parked at the. old farm bureau building the only thing about that is um, well there is supposedly and i found something that said that there was but it was like in town like way far away Hmm. it is interesting though it definitely is um and, and Richard Dobson says he placed himself on the platform. What witness saw him and turned around? Yeah, no, he actually did. He certainly did. Um, yeah, did he also? He, he also said that he didn't see Libby and Debbie, right? Right. He said he claims that he went to the first platform, was looking down at the fish, which is kind of a bit of a stretch on its own. And then he went back, sat down, and left yeah. uh, at three thirty. The thing is, I know I know his uh, Richard Allen's wife ended up like deleting a bunch of photos and one that on on her Facebook, and then I think the daughter too. I yeah, the daughter too. I think I, I I heard that. Well, I saw a picture a while back when the of a Richard Allen's daughter in the same spot around the same spot in the bridge, like yeah. the year afterwards, something like that. Uh, I think it was actually a couple of years before. Before, okay. So apparently there's an entrance as well somewhere around here. And mm-hmm. this is where um, this is where Libby and Abby were dropped off. They weren't dropped off at the start of the trail. And so my thing is, if he was on this bench after 2 o'clock, I'm not sure where this bench is that he claims he was at. I, I I don't know. I'm not familiar with this trail. Is there where does it go after this part? After the bridge? Because I know there was a barricade here that wasn't supposed to prohibit people from crossing the bridge. Yeah. And so is it is this trail a trail that just comes straight from here to the bridge, turn around and go back? Because if that is, 
and he claims not to have seen him and was there from till about three thirty. Mm-hmm. And that that's that that brings some big questions. Like you were there till three thirty, you got there before them, and you never saw them on a trail that's one way, one way trail. Yeah, it's a dead end. I thought that's what I'm thinking too. And so that's pretty damning, to be honest with you. To say that you were there till three thirty, got there before the girls arrived, and not to have seen them. Just the witnesses. Yeah, just the witnesses. The witnesses described seeing you and only you when they left. You're claiming you. I think he said he saw other people there, but ahead of him, but he didn't pay attention. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think that's pretty damning. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know if he. Uh, he put himself at that place to like throw people off the trail. You know what I mean? No pun intended. No, I think he 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 went there and told people he was there. I, I'm not sure if he was working at the CVS. I think he was already at that point. Uh-huh. You know, it's a small community. Yeah. I'm fairly positive that you know everybody goes to that CVS to get their 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 prescription drugs and things of that nature, and so. He probably would assume that these juveniles possibly could have recognized him. You know what I mean? And yeah. and so yeah. he he may have felt it was that a matter of time, be, right? He, and, and at the time of when he showed up, so he probably wanted to put himself there. And you know, the it's thing like, is, like it's like it's like you, I rather I rather let you hear from me than from someone else, kind of thing. Right, exactly. And the other thing is, though, like. You would assume, why would he say he left at 3.30? Like, <laughs> if those girls saw him leaving as they entered, and those were the only people that saw him yeah. and Libby there, outside of Libby and Abby, right, obviously. If, 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 why would he say that he stayed there for so long? I would have been like, yeah, I walked the trail and walked back out and took off. Was out there by, was gone by 2.30. Yeah, Dude, and especially like, like I don't know, man. Like, what was he watching on his phone? The, the, what was it called? The stock. Is that what he was watching? What was he watching on his phone? Uh, stock ticker. He was looking stock at ticker, the. Uh, yeah. I was like, dude, you can come up with something better than that. Shit, you can probably even say you were playing Pokemon, something. Right. Well, I mean, regardless of what he was doing. He um he puts himself there. If he was on his phone, those pins yeah. would put him there. Yeah. Um I mean, if he left, right? If he left and he said he got home at a certain time, I wonder if there's any evidence of that. But yeah, I mean there, there there's there's possibilities they could put holes in this entire thing. I mean, if if he says he left at 3 30 and he didn't, I'll say he left at 4 30 or 5 then there may be ping evidence of that. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting. It's interesting. I don't know, man. I can't wait to see what this, you know, what else the prosecution has when it comes closer to. I just feel that based on the um, probable cause affidavit, do you see these guys or do you see anything that indicates that there's two people involved? Because that was one of the things why they wanted to have it sealed was they said that, 
there is somebody else could get away from it. I don't see anything in there that says two people were involved. Nope. Well, I, I, Go ahead. I honestly don't think they have everything in the probable cause affidavit. I don't think they have all their evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, I definitely think that there are more people involved. And I even think that um, Keegan Klein ratted on Rachel, Richard Allen. And but I think- the, that would kind of have to be on there. Like police, police can make, um, can do certain tactics. They can even lie to people and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. when it comes to court documents, they can't. That has to be truthful and that has to be honest. And so, especially on a probable cause affidavit, if somebody but ratted him out, I think it would be in there. But in a probable cause affidavit, they don't have to put everything. Yeah. No, they don't. But they have to put why they feel that they are going to arrest him. You have to put the bare minimum. Yes, that's correct. Um, well, and maybe, maybe perhaps maybe they feel that the shell is the bare minimum. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. Uh, I mean, they're going to find out in discovery. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, can't wait to hear about everything. That'll be, it's going gonna, it's gonna to put a lot of, it's going to answer a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And I just, I just don't think that th- there's no way that this will be enough because in my opinion, like I mentioned before, the fact that you put in the probable cause affidavit that the uh, the evidence that you have is subject in nature based on opinions of experts leads you to believe that, well, there could be another expert out there that has a different opinion. And when you have these uh, experts, so to speak, and I, I put them on quotation marks because they usually find a way to fall in line with whoever's paying them, whether it's the prosecution or the defense. That's why you'll have different experts for the prosecution, different experts for the defense to to try to look at the same information and come up with two different conclusions. And, you know, when you have something that's subject to nature like this and they're putting that in the probable cause, that's that makes it a little bit flimsy, in my opinion. Um, I would have. I would have thought that there would have been a little bit more something clear. Maybe not everything, not all the circumstantial stuff, because everything that I see in here really doesn't even need to be in there. Like all you have to do, like like the 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 person that was driving and saw somebody muddy, bloody walking down the street. That's circumstantial. There's nothing that there's no there's nothing that's verifying that. And everything that's on here that is verifiable is verified with that camera, including Richard Allen being supposedly seen going towards the parking area. Um. You know, I find it like that is circumstantial. That doesn't need to be on there. You know what I mean? Just the witnesses from the three girls that saw him there. I mean, maybe perhaps the witnesses from the trail that said that they saw nobody else there other than Richard Allen at that time and the three juveniles or whoever. But those they, things would have to be in there. But but they didn't like even call them by, by name. Well, they did, but it's redacted. No, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, but like the the witnesses didn't say it was Richard Allen. It just said that it was a person wearing. The, right, right, right. The, so, like, that's also circumstantial. 
Yeah, but I think you can kind of put two and two together when you put yeah, the, when, especially when, when he said he was there. Statements. Yeah, you put his statements of seeing three juveniles, yeah, yeah. Um, and you have the three juvenile witness statement. You can put those two and two together. Like, like what's in that probable cause affidavit to me just shows that he was he was there more than anything. Yeah. And the only thing that's tying him to the bodies is the uh, is the bullet. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the way I read it. Is everything on there just points to him being there, and what points to him being at the scene is the bullets. You know, I, I, I've I've seen other probable cause affidavits that would have put in there. You know, this person kept they they may not have put what the souvenir was. But this person kept a souvenir that was located during the search warrant. Uh, this would mean that this person is the only person that could have committed this murder. Boom. That's your probable cause affidavit. Motive, time, the whole nine yards isn't in there. It's just the bare minimum in that case. You know what I mean? And so, uh, but the probable cause affidavit is out there. I There was a lot of questions as far as. Whether two guys, one person said that the, they described a guy in black, one described a guy in blue, went through the probable cause affidavit. It's pretty clear. It's one person. Um, I, I think that that person, it's pretty obvious, is Richard Allen, based on Richard Allen's um, statements and the witness testimony that it was him that they saw. Now we just got to figure out if that bullet belonged to him. Um, <clears throat> but we're getting a little bit long on tooth here. Do you have any yeah, other I, questions there, lovely Sphinx, before we go? Yeah, and I don't know if they have matched the bullet to the box of ammo in his house. No, I, I haven't heard anything about that. Um, the box of ammo, like it's mass produced and things of that nature. It would it would it'd be difficult to to put it back to a box of ammo at his house. Um, Unless unless um, he had unspent rounds that circulated through the gun that also had markings on it. Uh, but I don't I don't uh, even if they were to match it back to a box, the I guess the best defense, in my opinion, was let's just say it is his. Did it fall out of his pocket while he was on the trail and did somebody pick it up? Because that's going to be his defense, in my opinion. That's what if I was his attorney and that was the only thing that I could come up with, that's what I would come up with. That's what you use. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, there's a possibility that round was in his pocket. There's a possibility while he was checking his phone because he said he was on his phone. These girls, you know, they said that when they saw him, he had his hands in his pocket and he wasn't on his phone yet. And so is it possible that during the commission of pulling his phone out of his pocket, that if he had a round in there that was unspent, if it fell out and these girls picked it up, you know, but what are the chances that that happens? And then, you know, the person in the, uh, the video is, is accused of having a gun by Libby and Abby on the, on the tape. And Mm -hmm. so there's a little bit of too many coincidences there, but you know, is there a defense? Just going to try try a ball. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, um, but yeah, and like I said, it, it it's coincidental, but the possibility is there that he had the ammunition, the round in his pocket, mm-hmm. and that it fell out, um, and and that would 
if I was his defense I, and that was what his claim was, then you would check the DNA on that unspent round and see if if there's DNA from the girls. If there's DNA from the girls on there, you know, uh, that would lead you to believe they picked up the bullet. Or they can even do a touch DNA if there is a smudged fingerprint. Right. Mm-hmm. They can do touch. They can do touch DNA. I'm also thinking if he cocked his gun and it, the round went in like where it was loaded, but then he wasn't going to shoot them. And if he he accidentally just that bullet just flipped, you know, like when you. Um, I mean, there's there's a couple of ways that that ammunition unloaded. could have. Yeah, that, that right. could have extracted out of that vehicle. You, you, it could have been an intimidation right. tool. It could have been a uh, right. a struggle where one of the girls grabs the gun, he pulls it forward, the slide goes back, throws out the round, and he didn't even know right. it, it, it came out. Right. You know what I'm saying? So there's a couple of different ways right. that an unspent bullet can come out uh, or be extracted. Um, those are probably the two logical ones that I can think of off the top of my head. It was an intimidation thing and or... Yeah. Um, one of them grabbed the gun during the commission and the slide went back and it, and one round flew out. Or and, so, it could be and I guarantee Libby was a fighter. I guarantee. Well, the only thing about that, though, is that the Ronald Logan search warrant um, from the police department and the FBI state that there was no sign of fight or struggle from the girls. And like I said before, you, 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 you know, police officers and law enforcement agencies, they can lie, they can bend the truth and things of that nature. But when it comes to government documents like that, that that has to be 100 percent factual. And so I, I, I based on that information, I do not believe there was any sign of struggle or fight. Um, these girls were probably frozen in fear or um, ran away which is something that we had discussed here on this um, uh, on this cast, that there's a possibility that he was taking them somewhere. They, they took off running from him and he chased them down. And when he caught up to him, did what he did and, and then moved and positioned the bodies in a, in a, in a, in a certain way that would allow the uh, um, the the police to believe that or, or to put down that it was staged and moved. And so it was um, there's a couple of different possibilities here, but it's uh, it's trying to figure out which is the most plausible um, out of all of them. And and I I think that the intimidation and or if somebody grabbing the gun or one of the girls grabbing the gun during the uh, 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 the commission of the uh, of the attack are, are two very valid reasons why a bullet would be out there. I don't know. I, I, I just, it's too much coincidence. I mean, one bullet. One round, dude. Could you imagine? One like, round. If, if, if that didn't happen, right? Like, if if whatever happened out there, let's just say Richard Allen is guilty of sin. This is yeah. this is the guy, right? Yep. Yeah. It's that one round. I mean, if, if, if that's, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, you know, the, the victims were killed with, a knife, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, I believe it. Okay, the the victims were killed. They were shot, and there's a unspent round somewhere. Okay, maybe the gun would have jammed. He extracted it, you know, and, and what the way he did. But like, one round, 
to a in the case where the the body, uh, the victims were stabbed to death. You know what I mean? Well, and also that kind of a caliber, every single cop is carrying this type of a gun. It's so, a it's a it's a common common gun, and it's a common round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's a tough case. Yeah, the 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 gun is. It just makes you like, like when you look at 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 the scene. There's just so much puzzleness there. Um, Like you have the bridge here, you have them walk his vehicle parked up here, you have them walking away from the from the bridge walking away from the vehicle, which I get it. There's a trail here, so you want them away from there. Uh, and then you still continue another quarter mile away from where you parked to commit this murder and then have to travel the whole mile the way the uh, the crow flies, which, you know, going through this terrain up and down. And, and from what I understand, and we looked at some topography images of this, of this terrain in earlier videos, Highly recommend you guys go watch our, our earlier stuff. We covered this case. We covered the uh, the idol who murders. We've covered Vanessa Gillian, who was the uh, Fort Hood um, female that was killed last. Uh, was it probably a couple of years ago now? Um, yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. And so we covered those cases. Please go back and watch those. They're in the uh, they're in the um, in the playlist under uh, murder mysteries. And so. You know, to walk this direction and then walk all the way back through this. Like I said, we looked at the topography. The terrain was pretty, pretty steep on this side of the bridge um, in this area. Um, it's um, it's weird. It definitely doesn't seem like it was planned. And when you have something that's not planned to just have one piece of evidence on something that wasn't planned, it wasn't strategic, it was just kind of like out there. Um, and then, you know, the other thing that that I find odd is just the timing in which, you know, he arrives at 127 or is passing by at 127, right? The 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 harvest store catches a vehicle matching this description passing at 127. He says he got there at 130. So he still had to walk a good distance um, let's just say he's walking. He, they said that he's walking with a purpose. Um, so let's go with about three miles an, an hour. I mean, he's still to the bridge is about, was that a 0.8 of a mile? You know, that's probably what, about 18 minutes walking, maybe, maybe 15 and so he's getting there. The girls are getting dropped yeah, off. Yeah, and that's, one... a, that's a... yeah. The girls are getting dropped off at one forty-seven. You know, by the time by the time he gets to that bridge, let's just say it's by the time he parks. Right, it's probably one thirty-five. Gets there, parks, put his car in gear. You know, it takes him about fifteen minutes. Let's just say he's walking with a brisk pace. Fifteen minutes to the bridge. That's two o'clock at two thirteen. Those girls were taking those pictures. Yep. Okay. I, I, I get, I, I don't see it, it being anybody but him based on that. The bullet just makes it more concrete. 
I agree. I I think Libby's video just nailed she nailed this case. Yeah, that's gonna be that's hard to to overcome. Arriving there at 127 is when you're passing the store, um, parking at 130, 135, getting, you know, even if it's 135, you know, it's 150. And they're taking pictures at 210. Like it's, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think it's, you know, I think that the, uh, the, 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 the gun might be the bullet or whatever, but just based on that, on the timeline, it's hard to prove it's anybody else. Yeah. I think they got the right guy. It's just uh, all the evidence needs to be um, looked upon, especially after, you know, during discovery. And then, you know, everything will be answered or as much in, enough to be answered for to, for a conviction, in other words. Yeah. My question comes in now. And I honestly, I honestly think that there was a a second person waiting um, by the bridge on the other side, and they just ambushed them. Um, maybe. I mean, there, there's possibility of that. The, 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 there, there could be somebody out there. Uh, the, thing, the thing that we haven't seen is like the evidence that they have around the crime scene. They had more than one or two footprints or stuff like that. You know what I mean? Let me show them that yet. So, so with me, I think that there is somebody else that's involved. I feel that is probably the Kleins. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see a yeah, scenario I where I don't see a scenario where it's Ronald Logan. Yeah, I mean, I don't think no, not at no. all. And no, it's not. Know, There's no way. Yeah, I don't see a scenario where it's him. I think he was a guy that was trying to cover up something he was doing during the time of the murders that was probably violating his probation, mm -hmm. which clearly right. was because right. he ended up going to jail for 18 months for whatever it was. Right. And, um, right. you know, there's a lot of folks that think that Ronald Logan was the uh, the bridge guy. And that Richard Allen was no. there or somewhere else, and I don't think so. I don't think there's a world that exists where Ronald Logan is involved. Um, and it and 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 for instance, it was um, if he was the bridge guy, where he's not the lone lone wolf, because there's no world, in my opinion, where you send the 77 year old guy to go get, you know, get on the bridge or do the kidnapping or do any of those things where you have a younger option. You know what I mean? And so I don't I don't I don't foresee that being the case. Uh, I think that I, I agree. Yeah, it's it's definitely I think Richard Allen, I think they got their guy. I mean, just based off of the witness statements and his own statement of being there. You know, it's just did you can you imagine do you imagine they probably could have solved this case so fast? So fast, such a long time ago had they just followed this lead. Because oh, definitely, man. But there's some I, cases that I have more evidence go wrong for, for more than 30 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we're looking for like convicted pedophiles and people with or guys with criminal background and stuff. And Rachel Richard Allen is typical BTK guy 
married with a kid. Mm -hmm. And also, interest, interestingly as well, wife did not post for the period from the, the entire 2017, she did not have any social Facebook, social media posts on her Facebook profile. I wonder if they had some kind of like a marriage issue going on and maybe it, for Rachel Allen, it was like a midlife crisis or something he was going through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Richard Dobson says the clients may have been, uh, may have catfished them if they weren't involved in the physical murders or even knew he was going to kill them. And that's quite possible. Yeah. That is quite possible. We spoke about, you know, their involvement and the possibility of them, you know, selling like middlemen. Yeah, just selling accounts yeah. that were talking to young girls and 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 exploiting those those accounts with 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 other people. And there's a possibility that um, they met this man um, online, um, didn't know who it was, sold him an account online through some type of uh, messenger service that allows for um, hidden talking, probably like a kick messenger or WhatsApp. And then, um, you know, sold the uh, login information mm -hmm. and was just assuming that these, you know, this guy was just going to be uh, exploiting for pictures and didn't think they were going to meet up and do something like this. And, yeah. Um, but that doesn't make him innocent at all. That dude needs to fry in jail just for all that. And so... <clears throat> But yeah, a lot of questions answered um, with this probable cause affidavit. When you break it down and you look at it and you look at the timeline, it makes it hard for the perpetrator to be somebody else other than yeah. Richard Allen. Definitely. And, and 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 it's him that puts himself there, including on platform one on the bridge. Yep. So, and, and on Abby and on, and on Libby's phone. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that that's that's the kicker, man. You you have a timestamp of yeah. of when the girls were on the bridge. There was other pictures that were taken, you know, other than the 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 video of um, of uh, the bridge guy walking up to him. Yeah. There was pictures that they took, and they are there at two o'clock, two ten. And so, um, Richard Allen didn't arrive there much earlier than that. Yeah. You know, and he I mean, had to walk that entire distance. If if the quality of the video was a little bit better and, and we could see more details on the face, that this case would have been done the first week, man. Well, I mean, that and if the police went and spoke to Richard Allen and really took him in and, and talked to him, I think this would have been done then as well. I mean, you got to, you know, you look at the timeline. Yeah. And just seeing, all right. Libby and Abby were dropped off here. These these juveniles left. And could you imagine, like, if you were the parents or even those juveniles that saw Richard Allen walking in, like, how close it could have been them? Oh, yeah, definitely. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it could have easily have been those girls had Richard Allen showed up any any earlier instead of at 127 if he showed up at 1 o'clock. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's scary stuff, too. Scary, scary stuff. Let's see. I honestly think that KK set up a meeting on the bridge for Libby and Abby. 
and then told Rachel, Richard Allen that these two girls are going to be there. I honestly think that they thought they were meeting Anthony Schatz. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, there was some there was some messages going back and forth that indicated that Anthony Schatz was trying to meet up. Yeah. Um, um, Willem Meester says, "Why was the Ron Logan search warrant so specific on things, but not Richard Allen's probable cause as far as the details of the murder?" Um, man, I think that it probably has to do and pertain to the murder. Um, you know, you had a search warrant. And I'm sure the search warrant for um, Richard Allen is probably a lot more detailed as well. The probable cause affidavit only is only referred to um, or only is only about the importance of the case. The search warrant is going to have a lot more details in there because you're looking for certain things. You're looking for tools of the crime. So um, anything that could have been used to tie them up things of that nature. You're looking for souvenirs that were taken, things that were lost, and what makes you think that those souvenirs could be there. So you have to impl impl imply why they were, you know, you would think those were there, and that would be because they were missing from the scene, um, things of that nature. And so the search warrant um, affidavit is probably going to be significantly more detailed than when you, once the search warrant affidavit for Richard Allen's property is released, it's probably going to have a lot more details as well. Uh, let's see. All right, guys. Uh, Y'all have a good night. Sorry you have a good one, man. Thank you too much, but I'll see you next time. See Later, you next bro. time, buddy. We'll probably be back on Friday, y'all, just for everybody okay. to get an idea. Let's see. Um, Richard Dawson says, I think random victims, as I said, possible clients catfish them, but not to murder them. But I really think it's more likely a psycho on a mission. Going to be interesting to find out. I agree. It's just kind of like, what are the chances that, you know, by the time, you know, you, you, you're seeing Richard Allen get to the bridge and these girls are at the bridge. Like, it's a weird, that's, a, that's some awful bad luck to get there at the right, at that exact time and not to have to be waiting. Like, it would have made a lot of sense to me had Richard Allen been there all day. And there's evidence that he was there all day on the trails waiting for you know, somebody to go out there and get on that on that ledge to be abducted and there not be anybody else around. You know, it, it was pretty, uh, pretty ballsy to get there and take them that quickly because it wasn't very long after they arrived at that bridge that that they were gone. Yeah, and so but um, no problem. Thank you. And I want to thank everybody that has been a part of the live chat. I want to thank everybody that has subscribed, liked and followed us. We appreciate that. We're on our mission to hit 1000. We're relatively new. Um, we've been doing true crime for probably about a month now. And so um, this is something we definitely think we may have found a niche in and we're going to continue to do. So we encourage you guys to hit that subscribe button, ring that notification bell. We got some folks talk to us about or send us messages saying that they never, you know, got notified of us going live. Ring that bell, guys. That will notify you when we go live and when we're talking about our other uh, and talk about the other projects that we have coming out or other shows. We'll be coming back on on Friday night. So we look forward to you guys. Any last words uh, before we, we go? Um, we'll start off with you, lovely. Any, any last words? with me yeah yeah we'll start off with you yeah i can i say something about idaho yeah 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 go ahead murders 
I think that um, the killer in the Idaho four murders was extremely enraged. Somebody who was extremely pissed off at the girls. I don't know if it was a jealousy or revenge, but that's what my gut feeling is telling me that it was some some kind of competition was going on um and it was somebody extremely extremely pissed off is it's what my gut feeling is, is telling me that it probably i i don't know i don't know who could be capable of these kinds of crimes my my mind cannot comprehend this yeah. I, I, won't, I will never be able to fathom this but i just think you would have to be almost out of your mind to do something like this oh for sure and, and for me just to kind of to recap on that my theory is you had kaylee who was apparently described as being uh, more brutally murdered than the other girls uh, or the other uh murder uh the other victims i'm sorry and you have um her that a, a woman that was going through a breakup and in my opinion you probably had somebody who thought they had a chance they fantasized this world with this young lady fantasized the world probably with the friends you know thinking that they're going to be part of that clique part of their crew be part be in with her and her friends and family and when it didn't go to plan his world that he created in his mind went to pieces and this was the outcome, so to speak. Y'all have a good night, everyone. Good, have a good night. What about you, Jaime? Yeah. Any last, <laughs> any last words? Thanks for okay. having me. I really appreciate it. Anytime, anytime. We, we we plan on doing this, like you know, bringing folks on once a week. So if you guys are ever interested in coming on, uh, let us know. We'll put it in the live stream like we did earlier, and we'll bring you on. Uh, yeah. hey, good night, William. It's four a.m. is pretty early. <laughs> Thank you yeah. so much. Uh, what about you, Jaime? Any any last words? Um, well, um, I think the, the, when it comes down to the Idaho, uh, four victims, I think, it, I feel like it had to be another student, you know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. The student knew, or not the, the suspect of the murderer knew his way around that house, knew the girls personally and then, and, and the, the, the male victim, it, it just, it sounds real, real personal. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like it was another student. I agree. I completely agree with you because can you imagine going into that area where that house is in the middle of the night? Yes. And especially the light wasn't working there. Like, how would you, if it was a random killing, like, how would you know where to go? Yeah, exactly. Not only that, but like, even neighbors, like, I mean, if you see a kid in, uh, uh, or, a city, you know, uh, a college town. I mean, you doesn't you can't really doesn't stick out. But if you see a like an older man, somebody not dressed like a student walk into a house in the middle of the night, then kind of raises red flags. But that's why I think it's it had to be another student. They didn't raise any yeah. flags. Went in there, did that, got out. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I, it, it, I completely it, agree. It's somebody that was close enough to know that this woman, in my opinion, to my mm -hmm. theory, somebody close enough to know that she was broken up from a, uh, uh, a relationship and thought that they had an opportunity with her. Um, 
but yeah, no, I completely agree. And with this case, it looks like it's going to be going on in March. I doubt it. I'll be honest with you. I'm pretty sure it's going to be pushed out quite a bit. Most of these cases are. But Indiana has this law where they don't allow cameras and stuff like that. And so what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to get out there. We're wanting to be boots on the ground, get out to, to Indiana where they end up having the uh, court and, and doing those things. And the way you guys can help us do that is by hitting that subscribe button. That'll help us move this channel along further and allow us to do those types of things and to get to where get boots on the ground and get to where these places are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that yeah. that's all. Yeah, that's all we have for you guys tonight. We appreciate everybody in the live chat. We appreciate you, lovely Sphinx. Thank you for coming Thank on. Thank you. Thank you. And um, and on the replay, if you have your thoughts and theories, let us know in the chat or in the in the comments. That being said, guys, with the Drunk Turkey Show, this is a wrap. Peace. Yeah, man.